radical encounter. Radical encounter. Radical encounter. <laughs> Welcome to Radical Encounter, a series of casual conversations about serious resistance. This show is hosted by me, Sofia Verino, a social researcher and activist living in Berlin. And by me, Patricia Silva, a visual artist and writer based in New York City. This is Patricia in New York, and today I bring you a wonderful recording of Nona Faustine reading Pamela Sneed. Since 2014, Nona has been a media sensation. The photographs of her body, taken at former slave sites of New York City, undermine the dominant narrative of the city's whitewashed history. Having grown up with the political poetry of Pamela Sneed, and then later having also grown with Nona's work through our experiences in grad school together, I wanted to bring them together because their works share common themes and goals. And not only did I have the pleasure of introducing them to each other in person back in May of 2016, I also brought them together here in this episode, in which Nona reads the first part of Pamela Sneed's Kong. Enjoy. Hands folded, head down, shoulders slouched which I've told my students in the university to never do. But that was at a time when I earnestly believed, and I now I stand here wearing big Dumbo ears, a big snout, carrying shards of a broken heart, looking like a character in a medieval play. Because I earnestly believed, but before I go, there. I want to talk about that last Star Wars movie, which they promised was a final installment. But we'll see. All I can say is, it really sucked. Except for the part near the end, where you see the transformation of Luke Skywalker's dad, Anakin, into the evil Darth Vader, innocence destroyed crawling through some molten lava limbless. He looked like a soldier or something out of a war movie. One of those battered survivors who has left his child self behind him. But I earnestly believed and now all I can do is carry myself battle scarred to some semblance of safety. All I can do, like survivors of Manamar, Hurricane Katrina, and the Tsami tidal wave, is hold on. Hold on to a tree, a pipe, anything. Papers from an old life, verifying who I am. Wait for storms to pass, a shoulder to lean on, anything. But I earnestly believed You see, when I left my parents' house, the small town for a big city, and experienced all accoutrements of a counterculture, I earnestly believed queer boys, queer nations, nose rings, dreadlocks, muscle shirts on girls, 
Dykes with nipple rings, punk rockers were all some semblance of an alternative. I believed poet Glenn James calling us the sissified warriors. I believed when Marlon Riggs premiered the groundbreaking film for black gay men, Tongues Untied. I believed Audre Lorde when she said in synopsis, if we don't do our work, one day women's blood will congeal upon a dead planet. I believed poet Asato Saint in all six four inch of his cross dressing self when I first saw him perform and he used the tabletops as a stage in the old gay and lesbian community services center. I believed later when he stood up at the funeral of Donald Woods and said, in essence, we must tell the truth about who we really are. I believe black lesbian writer Pat Parker when she declared straights are okay, but must they be so blatant? I earnestly believed when my child eyes, almost 20 years old, first saw bisexual poet June Jordan. And the first thing she said was, this country needs a revolution. I believed when I first read Christos, the lesbian Native American author of Not Vanishing and Dream On, when she wrote of AIM, the American Indian movement, and said, when I first heard you'd surrendered, you don't know how much I needed for you to go on. I believed when Audre Lorde, Barbara Smith, and Gloria Anzaluda first formed Kitchen Table. Women of Color Press and published this bridge called My Back, Writings by Radical Women of Color. I believed Hattie Gossett, the first black feminist I knew to write of King Kong, and asked, just what was he doing on top of the Empire State Building? Why wasn't he home with the Misses and Little Kongs? I believed 10 to 15 years ago when the Hetrick Martin Institute for Queer Youth was still just a one or two room shack located on the West Side Highway across from the piers. And no one invested in our lives. I believed even as an almost child working in that agency, when many of us who pioneered were like slaves, singularly doing the work of 20, 30 people I believed in Nelson and Winnie premiering even at the height of apartheid with their fists and heads held high. I believed before Jennifer, Jessica, whatever her name, is on the L word. I believed even after they found Angel, my student at Hetrick Martin murdered, a handsome boy chopped into pieces. You'd probably all don't remember the story, but I do. 
papers dubbed it Murder in Clubland, and how a kid, Michael Alec, murdered drug dealer Angel Melendez. Hollywood even made a film about it starring Macaulay Culkin as the club kid who murdered Angel, called Party Monster. No one ever even described Angel for who he was, just called him a Latino drug dealer. I couldn't discern who he was in the pictures, but he was my student at Hedrick Martin. A polite, handsome guy, always said please and thank you. And he was one of the hundreds and thousands of gay kids who used to make their living down there on the piers, dejected from homes and family. This is during the era when they were still pulling queers from the Hudson River there downtown. Dead from queer bashings and suicides. And before him, Kiki, another bright young black queer, was murdered in the meatpacking district. Before him was Marsha P. Johnson, a drag queen and neighborhood fixture, was bashed and thrown into those waters. Even after we buried brethren artists like Essex, Rory, Don, Donald, Craig, and Alan from AIDS, and cancer got Audrey, June, and Pat Parker. I kept on believing change was possible. I read the literature, had hope. I lived in America after all. I sort of joined the middle class. I believed when I first saw a woman's silhouette in 5 a.m. light, I believed kissing her nakedness. There'd be honor there. I earnestly believed. When I was willing to risk ostracism, even death, to dance down Fifth Avenue in broad daylight during gay pride, holding another woman's hand, I believed. When my other student at Hedrick Martin, Frankie, who, like Nelson and Khalid, is dead now. But back when Frankie had been hospitalized with AIDS-related illnesses. And his father asked of his gay friends, why are you associating with that trash? And Frankie, a developmentally disabled teen, answered defiantly, for us all, they're not trash. They're my family, too. I believed in the comedy and rebellion of that time, in the poet and grief-stricken gay lover who dressed up in women's drag, wore a black veil, skirt, and pumps, and threw himself dramatically down on the casket at his lover's funeral. Confronting the family's denial, I believed. When every day was like the Harlem Renaissance, the salons of Langston and Zora. There were black lesbian, gay, and feminist readings, chapbooks, performances, costumes, and balls, each person trying to outdo the other. Downtown was alive with political theater. Act Up held die-ins, and Karen Finley smeared herself in chocolate to protest the alleged rape of a 13-year-old black girl named Tawana Brawley by police officers who'd afterward 
smeared the child with feces, and Denitra Vance, a performer at the public theater, unveiled her mastectomy scars. I believed. You know, this is an aside, but I got tired of all the previews from that latest King Kong movie, now out on DVD. Got tired of seeing all the actors look to the sky with that same perplexed look, that over-the-top awesome. Because King Kong was mostly computer-generated. They couldn't see him. So they were really acting. And you know, Kong is a thin veil for a black man. America assuaging its racial fears. Still, I think, paid 10 or 12 or 20 with popcorn to see it. There was a time, too, when I earnestly believed in theater and performance. Believed I'd be a great big overnight success. That courage, innovation, tenacity would be recognized. I earnestly believed, and I know there are those who will say, I'm bitter. Mislabel me. Say I spew hatred. Am raining down on their parade. That I lack optimism. When I try to say there's another America, say things are not equal. When I try telling them there are crimes being carried out with doctors, many of them are modern criminals who don't deserve white coats. There's another final solution occurring right under our noses. And it's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher to hide the bodies. I earnestly believed Saddam Hussein has been tried, convicted, and hung. But maybe it is just my own secret silly wish. I keep wanting them to try George Bush. But those feared thousands of Iraqi soldiers dead for their bodies to rise up, walk to the White House, speak against his senseless war, for them to matter. To someone besides their mothers, want countless Americans killed, little black and Latino boys for all their lovers, both women and men to testify to what they've lost, to see something like the truth and reconciliation Hearings that happened after apartheid in South Africa, where this country, America, must admit to committing atrocities. I want millions of Americans living without health care after working an entire lifetime. Seniors who can't afford their prescriptions. I want my parents to go. America's poor. Ones who know about when hospitals and doctors pull the plug on those who can't pay. Like those patients from hospitals in Los Angeles who are being dumped out after a few weeks onto Skid Row. I want the family of that little black girl in New Orleans whose body was found floating face down, still wearing pink shorts 
and a pink squeegee in her hair. Again in New Orleans, I want the son whose mother died during the floods, waiting for governmental help. I want everyone to see the eyes of my student, a black girl whose family is from the Ninth Ward in New Orleans, and how she looked the day in class when she said, they won't give us back our houses. Want everyone to hear my friend Onami when she said, Bush got up in the middle of the night to sign papers to help keep clinically brain-dead Terry Schiavo alive, but did nothing to help the people of New Orleans. I want every year for those gays and lesbians in New York during Gay Pride to stop dancing on the piers and form a political movement. Want women to stop these medieval practices against each other. The stonings and witch hunts. I want all those voiceless people we're turning our backs on right now in the Darfur region of Africa to speak and in the Congo now called rape capital of the world. And thank you, Oprah. Thank you, Bono. Thank you, John Bon Jovi, for your generous donations. But the system has to change. Yes, there was a time when I earnestly believed. People get so defensive when I try telling them what's happening systematically. When I say under this regime, censorship has increased. Artists no longer have spaces to work, nor money. And it's not just all about personal will, pulling oneself up by a bootstrap. There is marginalization and silencing occurring across the board more than in other eras, perhaps this is a return to. I honestly believed once that there were people more enlightened. Competition and jealousy couldn't destroy our world. I believed helping a neighbor was more important than money. I earnestly believed, yes, by now, I am probably like someone in a horror film who gets killed off easy, wasn't careful enough, kept running towards instead of away from the monster, the one who stayed in haunted house, you know, who goes into an attic or a basement to investigate what's going on when they should have been long gone, the one who stays in an abusive cycle, believes the partner will change. The one who hasn't read all the signals walks into a thieves' den, like on the old 42nd Street, with money hanging out of their pockets. I earnestly believed, like Anne Frank in Human Good, even after I've seen everyone honored but me, I believe the slogans I read in kindergarten that policemen help you across the street. 
will return lost children to their parents. Not shoot you 50 times for holding up a comb or a wallet. Maybe I'm as naive as Martin Luther King. But when he said he had a dream of what America could become, maybe he isn't here to witness just how tough things have become. Integration is now only a small step or small slice of what we need. Yesterday, I sat down in the sun and let it beam across my face. I prayed like Martin Luther King. I could live one day in freedom. One day not racked by pain or injustice. I felt like Harriet who lived in slavery. Just one day wanting to feel freedom's sweet kiss and caress. How do you feel about it? It's excellent. It's phenomenal. Right? She's incredible. She is. I really wanted to bring you two together. Yes. Like in life. Yes. And in work. I totally understand. Right? Yes. I was I was seeing themes of white shoes. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. what I that desperation that mm. that I felt that the reason why I had to go out there, she can't hold it in. Yeah. And that's mm. that's what I feel I felt with white shoes. I say you have to be crazy to do something like that. And it's a it's a desperation that, that comes from wanting to be heard. Yeah, yeah, but that's not crazy. No, it's not. But that's not crazy. No. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to be so driven. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. You have to really have that sense of belief, right? Mm-hmm. In what you want in yeah. yourself. So how do you think, did you enjoy reading it? Did you like oh, how you yeah. read it? Oh, okay, yeah. I thought it was amazing. I loved reading it. Okay. Absolutely. I don't think you need to redo it. Okay, cool. I don't, unless right. you do. No, I, I'm fine. You're like, I'm good, I'm good. No, no, <laughs> if it's only what you want to do. I was fine with it. You know, I just took breaks when I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked how you just sounded like you were reading it. That's yeah. how I would read to myself. Yeah. And you have such a good intonation and sense of like... Thank you for listening. We hope that you'll join us next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Rad Encounter. That's R A D Encounter. Radical Encounter is a digital humanities project by The Open. Our theme song was composed by DJ Tika Masala.